Happy Wednesday, everybody. My couchies, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, spent time with friends and family, or maybe just friends. And uh, I hope you had all the pie you could eat and all the alcohol you could drink. Uh, it's another Wednesday, and we're we're in the home stretch for 2022, so only a couple more episodes left. Uh, for this year, and then uh, gonna take a break and, and move into 2023. But with that said, this week's episode is a humdinger. Uh, chatting with the well, just a super polite guy and a singer songwriter, plays guitar, plays harmonica, it's just amazing. Uh, his latest EP is uh, is sensational. And uh, you should go pick it up now, but I don't want to spoil it for you. I want to, I want to get the get the podcast going for you. So uh, here he is, Luke LeBlanc, uh, local Minneapolis guy, and uh, and just you know we chatted about growing up in music and the processes of singing and songwriting and recording and all of that stuff and and what he's up to next. So. Um, he's got a big show coming up on the first, which is tomorrow. So check it out and, uh, and get over there. there you know, there's no time like the, like the present. So head over and, uh, maybe I'll see you there, but, uh, here we go. Let's get it started. Don't forget, uh, head over to the Patreon, which I've been just shitting the bed on lately. So, I'll uh, I'll be working on that over the holiday break and get all kinds of fun stuff and do some fun shows, maybe get some live shows going. So if you haven't signed up yet, patreon.com slash Todd Hurst for five bucks. You can get all things music, all things podcast, and for three bucks, you get all things just music. So uh, live shows and uh, and some covers and, and uh, different versions of my own shit. So uh, patreon.com slash Todd Hurst. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Sit back, kick up your feet, make sure you share it with your friends. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Luke LeBlanc. All right, are you guys ready? Welcome to Music from the Couch. Music from the couch. My name is Todd Hurst. You all know me, but you don't know my guest, and maybe you do. I hope you do. If you haven't uh, met him yet, you're going to meet him today, and you're going to love every second of it. Singer, songwriter, man. This guy. This this guy is. Uh, how do I put it? He's French. He's American. He's a lover. He's a fighter. Uh, and he plays. He plays a sweet, sweet music. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Luke LeBlanc. Luke, how are you? 
I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm I'm checking all the descriptions you just laid out. I'm checking them in my mind. I'm like, okay, was that one accurate? Was that one accurate? They're mostly accurate. The French, yeah, they all, yeah, they French, all check off. Yeah, I think French fell off probably many generations ago. Uh, I don't I don't believe this. No, <laughs> you still carry the name, and uh, and we were just talking about this. Yeah. Uh, is it LeBlanc? Is it LeBlanc? You know, we're going to get corrected. We're going to get comments. People are going to go, no, you said it wrong. Um, and, and so, but you, it's your name and that's all that matters. And, and, uh, and so we're going to go that route. You're Spanish actually Spanish. is what people don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, very, um, very Minnesotan. Uh, <laughs> that's all I know. Um, I'm sure. French came, I maybe from like Canada, some French Canada that came down in Minnesota, and then before that maybe they came from France, something like that. So you're uh, you're big on the history, yeah. Yeah, they, big on the history. I don't know any of it, but uh, <laughs> I pronounce it LeBlanc. But that's and that's all. I that think matters. there is a correct, more correct, correct way to say it. Le, yeah, that's you okay. know. You know what? The correct way is your way. That's all that matters. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned you're Minnesotan, uh, born and raised. Born and raised. Yeah, I was I was uh, born and raised in North Minneapolis, and uh, I live not far away now in South Minneapolis. So I am French. I am. Yeah. You are. There you go. I don't know, really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know. The, the yeah. Last name. I don't know how to pronounce my last name the right way, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Hey, the good thing is we're not here to talk about uh, we're not here to talk about last names. We're here to talk about music. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, you know, I just want to start off with saying congratulations on your latest release, which uh, which came out what uh, I I don't have a concept of time. A couple weeks ago, and uh, not even that maybe. Um, so talk to us because you just released. You just released music and you released music in 2021, which not, not a lot of artists are putting that much music that you put out in that short amount of time. So I want to talk about that. But let's talk about the uh, the latest album. Uh, and, uh, you know, first off, as I mentioned, congratulations. But where did that come from? Is that leftover songs? Is that new music altogether? Uh, tell us a little bit about a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, 2021 in July, I released only human, um, which was my last album. And, uh, um, it was my first time working with Eric Koskinen producing and, uh, it, it went really well. And it was a, I really learned a lot about just the process of, um, I mean, I've recorded albums before, but just I learned more in depth the process of taking your song and making it from, you know, you on the acoustic guitar playing something and 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 putting the decorations on it, you know, the other instruments, um, the production value, whatever. Um, so it was a good experience. Um and uh we did an album release show at the ice house and uh uh went went nicely um and then you know i played a couple shows after and then november rolled around and 
I, uh, I think I was at, I was at like the gym, I was at planet fitness or something. And I was like, okay, I've got more songs. You know, I've been writing more songs. Um, if I ever get an idea for a song, I just start writing it. And, uh, sure. so I texted Eric and I said, Hey, how about we start again? Let's do, let's do another one. And, uh, and he said, yeah, let's start record number, number two. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I just kept, I have, I had enough songs, you know, fortunately. And, sure. um, so I just started, uh, I was going through some old notes the other day and I found like a notepad where I just like, I think I wrote like the pool on the top, like the pool of songs, you know, cause I had like 10 where I'm like, okay, it could be some combination of these. And, and then I left like, I don't know, once I had eight where I'm like, for sure, these eight, I'm like, okay, that's enough. Cause I've noticed that when I'm recording an album, like three or four songs kind of come to me as I'm recording. Uh-huh. It's Cause you get so, I, I get so deep into that, like making music mindset, you know, um, being in the studio, it's just a big dark room and, it's just music. There's instruments on the wall. There's a soundboard. Like your mind is in no place other than creating songs. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, I had art to create, uh, figured let's do it. Yeah. I love that. And, and so I, I love the fact that you talk about when you're in a room of music, it's just, that's the focus, you know, and that's kind of, where your brain is so as you're you know you talk about well i I wrote some songs and then they had some time you know recorded the first album wrote some songs said let's do a second album go back into the studio i'm feeling more music uh was it a matter of you know did you take some of those original songs and kind of change them up or reinvent them or when you're done with a song and you're kind of you know, mental space is, I've got it. Uh, it's locked in. Do you put it on the shelf and ready it for recording? Or do you bring it back and go, what can I do to evolve this now that I'm in that kind of creative space? Yeah. Um, you know, some songs I've got like a really definitive, like, I want it to be this way. And I'll, mm. I'll like make a demo at home using you know, garage band or whatever. Um, and try to, you know, I can't, I can't play the drums, but I've got like a you know keyboard MIDI controller and I'll just play the instrument enough to get the vibe. Sure. And, you know, and then we go to the studio and then like musicians who actually play the drums, <laughs> I actually do it. But so there's, there's that bucket, but then I've got some stuff where like I don't demo it any more than just my version, you know, the, just mm-hmm. me and my guitar. And then, and then we go to the studio and just kind of build, build upon it, um, you know, in terms of other instruments and, and the overall kind of sound. Um, there was a song on this album called walking days that was, uh, kind of a finger picking folky kind of song. And, Eric recommended like, let's, what if you made it into like a shuffle and then that allowed it to be more, I don't know if danceable is the right word, but more of like, you can groove along to it more than you can to like a finger picking folk song, which both Mm -hmm. are great, but I had enough 
finger picking <laughs> kind of songs. <laughs> and um, so that's kind of where that came about. In terms of like finishing a song, you know, I, I really don't, I always, there's songs that are more fully baked than others, but I don't sure. really consider a song like fully baked and I'm ready to put it on the shelf until, until I've like recorded it. Um, the song, another song in the album, Come Clean. Um, it's the first track. That one I had it all written. I had it all written and I was driving to, uh, down to, um, Cleveland, Minnesota, where the recording studio is. And, uh, I wrote the, one of the verses, um, starts with there's a part there's there'll be a party in washington i wrote that verse mm. just like as i was driving it just felt like another verse was needed and that kind of came to my head and so i like i was like all right four lines i can remember this without writing it down <laughs> you know? i didn't want to like get out a notebook while i'm driving you know so yeah um so it, it's it's a combination but i i like to leave the door the door open for things to evolve and and change um so that's that's kind of it's it's yeah, it's an it's an ongoing process, right? Like it's never yes, and and probably now you know if you do you, do you ever find yourself going back to songs that like you've got I mean you've got the two albums out you've got singles out etc. Do you go back and go oh man I wish I would have done this instead so maybe that's for future or or like it's recorded it's done we're moving on to the next one. You know, it's, it's always interesting with songwriters of when does a song, when does the creation of a song stop? You know, once it's recorded, once it's written, once it's out there, does it ever stop? Could you always, I don't know, mess around with one and, and do yeah. something different? Yeah. You know, I don't think it really does stop in a way. Um, I I saw some video uh, of Keith Richards. He was doing an interview and he talked about how like, you know, the Rolling Stones would record a song because they had written it recently. Right. And like it was in the 60s where like Rolling Stones would release something, then the Beatles and the Stones. And it was just rapid fire. Um, so they'd record it so quick. And then. Rolling Stones are one of those rare bands that have gone on for decades and decades and decades. So they've had time during their live shows to like mess with these songs and figure out new cool ways of playing. And he, he just talked about how like the song will always evolve and you're going to have instances where you're like, man, I, I wish, I wish we would have had that, you know? Oh, sure. I think there's yeah. like, you know, now that I've gotten a chance to play all these songs live at my CD release show and um, a show we had up in, in Duluth, there are there are things where it's like, oh, geez, I, I wish we would have knew this when we recorded it. <laughs> like, I think there's like a song uh, song. Or, I, But then the recording versions are cool. Right. But I think with playing them live. And knowing the song so intimately and having the record version that you've heard so many times while you're rehearsing, it allows you to build off that and create newer stuff. And yet, yeah, like, I wish we could have implemented some of the stuff we did at a live show on the original version. But it's kind of how it goes. And I think something that's changed 
because you were asking about only human as well. I think something that's changed from my perspective recording only human to now is I think only human. I had this mindset like, all right, this is my um, first like full length album I've done in a while. I've got, you know, Eric Hoskinen's producing it. I've really looked up to him and his music for a long time. I got to make sure all of this is perfect um, because I'm creating a final finished polished product that's going to go up on a shelf, you know? Sure. Um, whereas Fugue State, I kind of went into it saying like, all right, I'm making an album that's being an artist, so to speak. Right. And art, Art isn't about making a perfect thing. It's about it's about the process. If you are an artist, then that's that's an it's an act of doing, right? You, like an artist makes art, and so I focused on like making the art rather sure. than like focusing on like what's the final end product of this album gonna be. And obviously you got to think about that a little bit, but I think it yeah. just eased the pressure and I think it allowed cooler things to happen. And uh, I think it just allowed for more textures and space and um, release the tension a little bit. So that's very interesting. And, you know, you've, we've probably just broken the mold here, which is new to the world of music and that you make a great point of album. Number one has to like fit, the certain the mold right so album number one is the draw people just gravitate to it and then the what they call the sophomore slump right Mm -hmm. but the second album you go hey i had a lot of fun doing the first album but i also realized that i can expand my horizons and my creativity and i want to explore more and i want to do more and so i'm going to do that on album number two um you might have just uh you might have just written the recipe for the quote-unquote you know sophomore slump which i've always hated by the way um but i i like your concept of i just love the idea of like i got the first one and it kind of broke the broke the ice yeah and the second one i go as an artist you go uh I know what I'm capable of. I want to expand that. Like, mm-hmm. is that a mindset that you did uh, with the second album of, uh, you know, just like, I want to, I want to do what I want to do, not what they want me to do. Is that, you know, maybe that, and maybe that's too aggressive of a statement by me. Well, I don't think with either of the albums, I felt like I was doing what they, whoever, whoever. Yeah. That is. Throw, yeah. I, throw the quotes yeah. around. Yeah, for sure. I didn't, I didn't feel, I don't, I didn't feel that really concept. Um, sure. I think it was, uh, I, I think it was just with the second one, it was like, all right, you don't have to make everything perfect for, yeah. you know, and, uh, okay. I think just I was, a weight, weight off the shoulders, like kind of like yeah. I can get more. I can, you know, get more creative with this a little bit. Yeah. Instead of looking at the song is like, it's gotta be some final perfect product. It's like, no, the point of an album isn't, isn't to make everything perfect. It's like the point of it, the point of making an album is to say, 
here are the sounds that happened as I was in there trying new things and trying my best and performing. Right. Cause like, oh, I love that. You always have mistakes. So, um, mistakes are like things that aren't, you know, perfect, I guess. So, um, there's more of that, that, that mindset. Sure. Um, Cause yeah, there wasn't really much of a day out there saying like, Hey, it's gotta be this or gotta be that, you know? Yeah. So probably less pressure too at the set. Uh, let's just individual pressure, I should say. Right. Like, you know, not afraid to make a mistake, not afraid to color outside the lines with uh, a little with bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. And I, it was like, I kind of had, I had to be really intentional about it too. Um, like I, I think I even have like a, a note on my phone or something that's like, you know, I have a, I have a little list on my phone with that, with a title tips that arise in my mind. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> and oh. it's not, not my, you know, sometimes it's from my mind or like somebody will say something that's like, that's a really good point, you know, or like, why don't I think about it that way? And so I'll just write it down and refer back to it. But one of the things I wrote down was like, what if the next album you just tried to say, I'm not going to worry about it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Worry. I'm not going to worry about X, Y, and Z. I am going to worry about, you know, A, B, and C. Right. Um, and uh, I had, I had to kind of set checkpoints for myself um, in the back of my mind. Like I think when it came to mixing, the album at the end, mm. um, Koskin and mix the album, of course. Um, but you know, he sent me rough mixes along the way. And, um, I kind of had to like sit myself down and say like, okay, you're going to listen to this mix, but listen for things that really matter. You know, um, sure. it's so easy to listen to mixes of your songs and just pick the dumbest stuff to, you know, nitpick about. And so I was just like, no, I'm going to listen for stuff that really matter. Just stuff like that. It made, yeah. made the process just more fun. And yeah, I think everybody does whatever they're doing better if they're having fun. So amen to that. Absolutely. Uh, kids, if you're listening, just have fun, right? It's a, that's, that's the best part of it is when you're having fun, it's just easier to do. Yeah. So much. So, so much easier. So much easier. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Luke, you've, you've, you've been, you know, you've got some music out, uh, you've been playing for a while. What drove you to that? You know, this is the burning question. How did you get into music? I mean, the burning question is why the walls behind me are, are a mustard yellow. Um, but not everyone's seeing that. Uh, but you know, the, the real question is, how did you get into this? Who drove you to it? Where did it come from? You know, what, what, when did, when did Luke become musician Luke? Well, I, uh, it just start. I turned about 11 and it started bothering me that I could listen to music, but I couldn't play it myself. It just, <laughs> It bugged me because I think I was I was like such a music fan that I was like, OK, maybe I got to learn how to play some songs myself. Um, so from there, I, you know, started playing the guitar and then 
after that, it was like, okay, it bugs me now that I can, you know, play other people's songs, but I, I don't have my own songs. So I sure writing songs. And so I was like 12 by this point. And, uh, I think it was like spring break of like sixth grade in middle school. I was at home and, uh, uh, as my dad likes to tell the story, I was moping around, whatever, whatever that means <laughs> with nothing to do. And so he said, all right, well, let's take you to an open mic. And he doesn't play music or anything, but he, he really enjoys, he's a big music, you know, fan. And, um, so we went to like a, a blues jam. Um, I think it was the, uh, over at Shaw's Shaw's bar. They would have okay. Mondays and famous Dave's and uptown. Well, it used to be an uptown. Uh, they used to have a bigger building and then they mm -hmm. do blues jams on Sundays. And so started circulating at these blues jams and I'd either play a song with the band or they, the guys would like let me up during their break. You know, I was like a 13, 12 year old kid at the, at the bar. My dad brought me as long as my homework was done. And, uh, that's, it's number one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I didn't, I didn't drink or anything. So it wasn't, <laughs> I was you know, making the bar owners mad or anything. So, um, so I, you know, started just uh, the most important part of that, I think, was just watching professional musicians operate and see how they move about. Um, and anyways, the rest, that's that's how I got into playing music. It was like it was like I had to, you know, it was just this itch. I had to do it. And uh, sure. I think it would just feel like something was missing. If music, you know, wasn't in my life. And I. I think every person has, has that within them. It, not like music, you know, but whatever their, their passion is, it could be accounting. It could be, I don't know, being a pilot. It could be whatever. I think everybody's just got that thing where if they're not doing it, it feels like something's missing. And I think I'm very fortunate that I was able to find that thing when I was like super young. Early on. Yeah. Did yeah. you say, did you say it could be accounting? Yeah, it absolutely could be accounting. Have you seen, I've seen people get really excited about spreadsheets. I get excited about spreadsheets. I love, I love a good spreadsheet. Give me yeah. a good spreadsheet with some formulas and some numbers. Oh man. Yeah. Count if. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a, I was an economics major in college. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, living the dream. That's so funny that you're, you're like, yeah, some people, you know, I, I had music in my life. Some people need accounting in their life or, or a pilot. It's like, that's from, we're going here to here to here to here, like all over the place. I love it. Um, so, uh, so as you're, you, you just kind of like felt it, like, you know, to your point, you, you heard music, you said, I want to do what they're doing. Uh, so I'm going to learn what they're doing. And then as you learned what they were doing, you were like, I, I should learn what I can do. Um, and you had that parental support. So did your parents give you any music to listen to? Like, how did they kind of, you know, ingrain that in you? Or, or was it was it you just like flipping on the radio and going, I like what I'm 
my ears like what they're hearing. And so I want to learn more about it. Yeah. So I, I mainly grew up with my dad and, uh, um, he, we, he had a, his pickup truck had like a, um, a tape cassette play, player in there. <clears throat> so when I was super young, we had like an oldies tape that had like Johnny Cash and Patsy Cline, mm. Hank Snow, Tennessee, Ernie Ford, like super old stuff. Um, and we'd flip that, you know, back and forth in the tape cassette. Then sure. John Prine, you know, in the tape cassette player and like Van Morrison, um, I was named after the third verse of the weight, the song by the band. It's just, okay. So, it's waiting on judgment day. The band is my favorite band ever. Um, so yeah, a lot of that did, I, I, it's a classic trope, you know, like kids reject their parents' music and like find their own thing, which yeah. is true in many people's cases. But I think what's also true in a lot of people's cases is they do like inherit their parents' music. It's just a trope that isn't covered as much in music and pop, pop culture, you know? Um, yeah. So I love that. Yeah. So I kind of, kind of got that, that, um, style from them. This, this new album. So there's a song called take your mind off it on Fugue State. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I played that one for my dad when it was like, you know, almost mixed and stuff. And he's like, you know, that one, uh, I, this, I really like this album, but that song, uh, something wrong with that one. I, I don't think <laughs> I like that one as much. And, uh, I was really happy to hear it because it meant it meant that the album wasn't like one sided, you know, like. Oh, sure. I, I appreciate that. There's one that my dad doesn't like, you know, yeah. because take your mind off. It is like so far in the shows I've played with the album. It's it's a song that people are like, oh, that's that's the one I really like. That's a really interesting one. Um, so. It is. A, it's a balance, uh, you know. You, you naturally inherit some of the stuff you're like folks mm-hmm. listen to, but then, you know, figuring out your own, your own style and when to say like, well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you don't like this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yes. The, re- the rebellion. Um, yeah. Do you, so, uh, God, I had a question that escaped me. Um, but I guess like, so so the music that you and your dad listened to together kind of inspired a lot of what you've recorded and put out. Mm-hmm. But there's also that side that you kind of found on your own and that creates those songs that your dad goes, I don't I don't dig that. So right. like what is that kind of, what is that side or what was that side do you think kind of growing up? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you listen to which I mean you just mentioned a ton of amazing artists and bands, the band, John Prine, etc. So was there a side of you that was like, I got to listen to, I don't know, you know, Blink-182 or uh, uh, whatever, right? Like what, what, what kind of off the wall stuff that when I say off the wall, I don't mean musically. I just mean from your upbringing, did you listen to that inspired some of the stuff that you do today? Yeah, um, I started in ninth grade. Somebody gave me like a burned CD of the Avett Brothers, and um, 
they they've got a lot of stuff that's like very kind of classic Americana, like you know what's gonna happen in the song, and then there's all of a sudden I was like I, I heard some of their songs that didn't have that classic roadmap, like you mm. break down in the middle and go on this total totally other path. Sometimes it was too much of a new path for me. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So I think David Brothers is like where I start started, you know, I'm gonna start listening to to this other stuff and then sure. um, you know I I there I like a lot of like pop songs too. I I mean like uh God, what's that song? I don't know. I'll I'll listen to I I I love like quote unquote like bubblegum pop songs sometimes, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And I I think there's a I think there's too much of a like I don't know. It what gets me is when when something is like becomes too pop or mainstream for somebody and they don't like it. Uh I think it's fine if you don't like it. I think that's totally cool. Yeah. But what, what gets me is like, Oh, it's too mainstream and pop. I don't like it now because other people like it. And that doesn't make sense to me logically. Right. Cause like actually a lot of people really like it. So <laughs> you know what I mean? It's too popular. It's too popular. And that's, I don't, I don't really buy into that. Cause yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, those same people will love love the Beatles. It's like, well, you shouldn't like the Beatles, <laughs> then you know. If you yeah right, if you if you don't like Taylor Swift, right, you shouldn't like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's oh gosh, we could we could talk for the next two or three hours about this one of uh, popularity then and now because I, I I think it's definitely changed i mean i remember myself uh when i was uh just a, a wee little one uh going like garth brooks mm-hmm. fuck this guy you know he's he's too he's too popular i can't like garth brooks and yeah. then you know now that i'm older i can respect the music and i think that's what it is it's just a matter of uh uh if we were our age when the beatles came out we would probably go, or me at least, would go, ah, screw those guys. They're too popular for me. I don't like their music. Mm-hmm. But I've had time to let it marinate, and I go, that's good stuff. Um, yeah. And I've, I've learned that with a lot of pop artists, too, of, you know, just, I mean, Taylor Swift is an example. Um, you could go with, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, Dua Lipa. Katy Perry, stuff like that. You know, that pop music where you go, when you first hear it, you don't want to like it because everyone else likes it. But then over time you go, that's actually, that's really good stuff. Um, you know, 90s rock. I don't like Nirvana though. What are your thoughts on Nirvana? Do you have any thoughts on Nirvana? Um, I... <laughs> I really respect what they what they do and did, and it's 
incredible the complex music that they were playing and the sounds and the that and the ambiance and their songs is incredible and groundbreaking stuff and i yeah. respect but it's one of those things that like i've tried to listen to a whole album and tried another one and it's just not my thing yeah yeah but but I won't go out there and say they're a bad band because that's not true, <laughs> you know, because it's just not my thing. Yeah. Something, no. some, something cool about this, this album is the drummer, um, Aaron Beckers. Uh, he, he plays, you know, with me a lot, but he also has a, um, like a heavy, I don't know if death metal is, I, it's almost death metal. I think it's heavy metal band that he plays in and he plays with like two kick, two uh kick drums mm -hmm. huge drum set and the band is like constantly switching between like i don't know four four time and then like six eight and seven you know just weird all within one song um and i i've gone to their shows sometimes um and like I've been to a couple metal shows and it's not my thing. Like I'm not going to wake up on a Sunday morning and throw on some, you know, death metal to sure. start day or listen to casually. But I love going to the shows. Um, cause I, I think it's just so healthy to expose your stuff yourself to music that's outside your comfort zone. Like, yes, you might not love it. It's not your thing, but you can like pick up on stuff. It's like, okay, they play the guitar in like a different way. Like mm -hmm. are maybe a little more dispersed or like, whoa, the drummer's got two kick drums going on. How does that work? The time signatures are interesting. It's interesting. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting into now with my, with my thought process, but it's like, what is art supposed to be? I think there's like art where it's like, I love to look at that. I want, mm -hmm. but then there's art that's like supposed to make you uneasy and do something for your emotions and expose you to something in a different way. And, uh, I think we forget that with music. Sometimes we think it's sure. supposed to be this like comforting thing for us all the time. that's supposed to be something familiar. And I try to remind myself, I'm not always good at this. I'll listen to the same stuff months and months in a row, but I try to remind myself, music as an art form you kind of have to take yourself to the museum you know and mm. listen to some stuff that it's not in your comfort zone or some different you know it's an appreciation though yeah. you can you, you know it's it's uh so it's that's this is a great point uh hot topic uh you know that all the kids are talking about um is too that you might not like it as an artist, though, or as a lover of music, there's an appreciation to what people are doing. Um, and I, I realize that, no lie, just listening to you talk reminded me of this. I was watching uh, on Netflix, they had the, uh, the, the documentary of uh, Woodstock 99. Okay. And uh, which, you know, Woodstock 99 was, you know, oh. What a show um, and uh, what a moment in time for uh, for a generation. Uh, I'm sitting there watching it and uh, the lead singer of Korn comes on and is talking about, you know, how just uh, uh, 
instrumental in that time Fred Durst was and how he was so just ahead of his time and and but he was such a leader in the night in the late 90s and and i'm sitting there going in my brain i'm going i hated the music of corn and the music of limp biscuit but then now here i am uh you know 13 years later uh seeing it and going fuck that was good like Mm -hmm. It was really good music. And so there's a matter of appreciating the music at the current time. You can love a certain set of music. Mm-hmm. You you really should, as a human being, appreciate all music because over time you might learn to to love it, love it all. Um, yeah. That's my point. I don't know if there's really a point there, but that's kind of my no, it, my it gist. Point. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great point. something that reminds me of i think too like when we when we're listening to one genre we kind of have our genre that we really like i think it's a hot topic well and i think it's easy when you listen to a different genre for everything in that genre to sound the same because you're not used to it used to Mm. i just started listening to uh led zeppelin i i had never listened to him before really so I I just listened to the first and second album and all the songs kind of sound the same so far, but I don't think it's because the songs sound the same. I think it's just, I'm used to like listening to a lot of like Americana stuff, whatever mm-hmm. and else was listening to it. That's not familiar. It's all going to sound like the same stuff, but after you listen to something a bunch, then you can like differentiate more. Maybe that's how it works. Sure. No, this I'm is bad. good. Apologist. <laughs> You have you have hit the nail on the head. Yeah, this is great. So I hate genres. Um, I think they're unnecessary, but they're also necessary. It's a necessary evil, as some would say, um, in the sense of like you have to, you know, the masterminds of Spotify and Apple, right? You have to have a genre because how else would you be able to take your top listeners of 2022 and post it on social media from Spotify if you didn't have, you know, psychedelic ballerina music uh is what i listened to in 2022 but when you're introduced to new music that you haven't listened to yes it sounds the same and then you have to you have to begin to dissect it um and and really really pick it apart and finding that appreciation is uh it takes time and not everyone can do that. Like, right. We're, we're musicians. We can do that. We can start to pick things apart. Uh, some people cannot pick it apart. And that is why genres happen. And that is why certain artists make it quote unquote big. And certain artists are just like, you know, kind of quote unquote underground artists. Um, which I think that if any artist uh, is playing, regular shows and playing their own music in my opinion you've made it like you know maybe you're not swimming in a gold plated pool um but if you're playing your own songs at a show you've you've done more than what a lot of people could do so i really kind of flipped that upside down and went to a different path but uh it happens you know i won't apologize 
it's your it's your hypothesis it's your it's your it's your theory you know it's your it's your framework it's not famous uh it's not well received <laughs> so so what are you um so you just mentioned that you've kind of started digging into Led Zeppelin, which is is super super awesome mm-hmm. uh, to kind of go back in time. Uh, but what are you? What keeps you motivated? Like what keeps you writing and evolving your own style of music? What music are you listening to, or what what in life kind of keeps you? You know, kind of just going. I got more. I have more in me. I got to get it out. Yeah, just uh, just trying new things, um, trying new things, and uh, you know, they're seeing other like we've talked about a lot of old music, but I, I listen to a lot of new stuff too. Um, like Katie Pruitt would be a um, great current name who she the last couple of years has just kind of. Um, blown up and um i what i really admire about her music is like she makes it new but i can like tell by the stuff she's singing and the way she's singing it like she's got a lot of those influences you know like Mm -hmm. um she's got a lot of old school influences a lot of like influences of the last decade or so like Brandy Carlisle, I share that admiration and, you know, influence from her too. Um, so there's, there are other folks out there, you know, uh, making it work who love old music like I do, but also, you know, embrace new stuff and, and kind of keep, keep it rolling. I mean, I think music really is like a giant research project in a way, you know, um, research, good scientific based research is all is based on like, let's read what the people before us found out and experimented with and, you know, figured out the rules for. And then after we've read that and researched it, well, let's build upon it and, you know, uh, start, you know, pushing it or pulling it back, you know, whatever we need to do. Um, it's a big research project with roots mm. that go back and forth. And I, I think, um, I think that's what just keeps me going. Um, because it's, it's a never ending thing. You know, there's always something new to find. There's always something new to try. And sure. there's always something super old to go back and listen to as well. You know? Um, so it's very similar to, uh, accounting. Yeah. How about that callback? Actually, uh, yeah, yeah, probably, <laughs> kind of, kind of. What it's balanced look like last year? What's changed uh, in the assets and the liabilities? You know, you never yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. Where's where's my ROI? Yeah, yeah, all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, one thing I for, I I I've delayed asking you about. I should say I should say I forgot. Um, so you you not only play guitar and sing, you also play the harmonica. Yep. Um, did you again? Is this a piece of like, you know, grandpa played harmonica, dad played harmonica? You know, I don't. Or are you just or or you were playing music and you said it needs something else. What can I add 
to it. And here's an aspect of it. I'm going to learn it and add it. Yeah. I think my like cousin had one of those harmonica holders. Laying mm-hmm. around and he was like, you know, look at this thing. And <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. You just put it on and you know, you, it's another instrument, another, uh, another addition. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Great option to have. Um, I don't play any lead electric guitar. I'd, I'd like to learn. I've tried to learn scales and then I, I don't know. I don't stick to it long enough to try soloing out. I, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but it's nice to have something where like, if there's an open verse, like I can do something that's not just singing and playing, you know, sure. Picking the guitar or whatever. Um, so keeps it, keeps it fun. Keeps it interesting. Harmonica is a pretty, Versatile instrument too. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to play a little harmonica with your uh, previous week's guest, Megan and the Birdwatcher. Yeah. We we last summer we and this fall we played a couple shows together and uh, they had me come up like for a song or two, just me and the harmonica and um, nice. Oh, that's always fun. It's nice when when two bands are playing a show and then they like come together for a thing at the end, you know? Agreed. Yeah. I, I just, I love, and that's what I love about this scene locally um, is the, the, the depth of the Minneapolis scene and just the, the evolution of it. And, uh, and also, you know, first and foremost, the, the camaraderie. Um, I think if I, I, you know, I go back through the list of, of guests I've had and it's just like, okay, I started with this person and they recommended this person, they recommended this person, this person. So it's, it's just, you know, just in Minnesota alone. And I'm sure it's this way in every state, uh, except maybe like Idaho. You know, I don't know what goes on in that state, but, uh, you know, it's, you just, you, uh, there's so much music uh, in a single space, you know, and, and, uh, and so when you think of it nationally and you think of all the people that are super popular nationally, now drill it down to an individual state level and think of all of the amazing music that's in an individual state. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, Megan, Megan and Noah are just, two great human beings. They're such a fun, they're just so fun to chat with. Uh, yeah. So, so if you, if I, if I, if I told you right now, you can't leave this episode mm-hmm. without picking guitar or harmonica, you have to pick mm-hmm. or you have to stay, or you have to stay in this zoom meeting with me guitar. until, until you pick. Okay. <laughs> I'd go with the guitar. Uh, there's just. Um, there's I love how more. fast that was too. You're like, well, I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, the guitar. There's just more you can do. You you can't like you can't take a harmonica and like change the tuning. You know. Sure. Like, yeah. You can't. Well, you can bend the notes a little bit, but. Guitar. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's John Craigie is a folk artist um, who talks about, you know, the different tunings of the 
you did the three, 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 four, three, four, four, whatever. I don't, he rattles off numbers and it yeah. all goes over here. But, uh, um, yeah, I think, uh, the guitar is, and you mentioned too, like getting into playing lead and it's so versatile that, uh, how could you, you know, there's two instruments, like my children, I want them to learn. Number one, I want them to start with the piano. Um, and then number two, I want them to go to the, to guitar and hopefully one day just shred. And, you know, that's my goal for them. I don't know if that's their goal sure. that they want to do, but, um, yeah, it's a good instrument. I do love a good harmonica though. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's yeah, fun. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they pick up the instruments, but if they start gravitating towards spreadsheets, you got to send them to accounting. All right. That's the, that, that'll be the last accounting accounting reference that we have. But. No, I love it. No, it's well, I mean, if they gravitate towards spreadsheets, I've got some, uh, I've got some V lookups and count ifs for them to run. So, uh, they'll be, they'll be good to go. Yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. So what's next for you? I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit pre-show. You you put an album out in 2021. You put an album out in 2022, which a lot of people did not do because of, you know, the thing we will not speak of. Um, so what what's next? 2023? Are you going to take a break? You gonna what, what are we going to do now? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what happens. I think. Um, I've got some shows coming up. I, I guess the most uh, soon to come one. I'm sure there's an easier word for that. The soonest one. There we go. Is uh, December 1st at the 318 Cafe out in Excelsior with um, Yes. Tony Cucchetti is, is also on the bill for that. Um, and then uh, I got a show at Palmer's in January. I've never played Palmer's before. It's a we'll have okay. some bands there doing a co-bill. Um, and then I'm just kind of working on booking stuff for spring and summer right now. But um, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time after this album, you know, came out because I it was a lot of time rehearsing songs from the album and playing songs from the album. So. I think as soon as like the album release was done, I found myself just noodling around on the guitar and coming mm -hmm. up with new stuff and digging up old stuff and, and messing with it. So, um, it's possible that recording starts up again soon. Um, but Good. Know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see how the cookie crumbles as, uh, as Jim Carrey said and Bruce almighty when he was the caster. It's one of my favorite lines, see how the cookie crumbled. It's a great line. I use it often, and then no one responds to it. And I'm like, Bruce Almighty? No? Like, you and, haven't and, seen that one movie with Jim Carrey? Like, come on. <laughs> right. It's it's only it's only one of the best movies of his. Um, you mentioned the show on December 1st. I am, uh, I, I, I am, selfishly speaking, I'm hoping to make it there. And I think everyone listening to this should make it there. Uh, the, the three is okay. So three, one, eight, three, 18, you yep. know, I, whatever. I think so that's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, right by my house. Um, so it prior to the show or after the show, whichever, 
uh, I'm going to plug a restaurant real quick and they'll appreciate this. Uh, but uh, if you're hungry, head to Olive's Pizza. Writing this down. Okay. Yeah, please do. Olive's is right down the street from uh, from 318. Awesome. I love uh, Olive's. Yeah, head over there. Get the Todd Hurst. Okay. And you'll be good. Hey, wait, so hold on. So they got a pizza named after you there? They do. Right. Yeah, yeah. I met I met those guys uh, many years ago. We walked in because we uh, we were looking for a place to eat on a Sunday. We we went in. We had a good time. We met the owners. I started playing music there. Um, and then uh, I was like, why? You have a monthly pizza special. Why isn't my name on the monthly piece of special. And, uh, and then one day it ended up and it's stuck and, uh, it's not on the menu officially, but if you ask for it, they'll make it for you. Yeah. So, All right. so get the Todd, head over to olives, get the Todd Hurst and then head over to three eighteen, and watch, uh, Luke LeBlanc. Good deal. Yeah. I, that, good, <laughs> good recommendations. And, uh, you know, what a date night, what a date yeah. night. Look at that. Yeah, I hope people. I hope people. Uh, people come out. I. I really like. I always like to say I really appreciate people coming coming out to shows. Um, because uh, it's really easy to not like get in your car and drive somewhere. Like it's really yeah. Do that. It's easy to be entertained at home with everything you know we have in our homes. Great shows. Yeah. Our pets, our cats, whatever. Um, so. I, I really appreciate people coming out to shows and uh, yeah, me and Tony will be, will be putting out a good one. It'll be me and Tony and then backing us will be uh, Blair Krivenick on electric guitar and Nick Salisbury nice. on bass. So I'll play a set with them and then Tony will play a set with them. We haven't decided nice. on the order yet. But we'll yeah, no, it's, you know, you just got to play by ear. I think, and I know we're over a little bit. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time and uh, appreciate appreciate the conversation. But you just make a really great point of uh, it's easier for us to stay inside now. And so as a musician, we have to recognize that, right? Of that, you know, um, the thing we will not speak of uh you know, a lot of people did like online shows and stages and, and 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 whatnot, and I, I was a part of it as well. Do you? Ah, oh God, what's the question here, man? Um, like, you've got the live show, but do you also feel like there's still a a a a, a need or a, a a desire to bring in? Uh, some kind of a uh, live feed broadcast, like like for the 318 show, mm. would you would you set up a, a, a an iPad and go, okay, I'm gonna broadcast to everyone at home and then everyone here, like you know what I'm saying? Like it's such a different mentality now. It's it's a different world as far as playing a live show goes for 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 yeah. new art, not new. I don't want to say new artists. Sorry for for uh for the non uh cold plays of the world yeah i um i think it's a cool thing to have once in a while you know like mm. you know you're you got a show it's live and then there's like a stream for folks who can't make it and 
whatever. I think it's cool to have once in a while, but uh, yeah, I, I was at a, I, I was at some conference listening to like some booking agents talk, um, both booking agents and uh, booking agents, like on the venue side mm. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was talking about why, why concerts are such a magical, you know, art form. And it's because they're a fleeting moment. You're either there for it or you're not. And if you are there for it, you're never going to see that again. You can't like put it in your pocket. I mean, you can film it on your phone, but it's not the same as that experience of like watching a band come out, doing their thing, watching the instruments, experiencing like when a microphone cable goes out or like a light doesn't work or somebody <laughs> screws up a cord, you know, like, or breaks a string. It's a fleeting thing. And I, I think if we think like we're going to take that and just, um, put it on a screen and it's going to be the new thing. I, I don't think it's going to work. I, mean, I love that, but I think it can be a supplement, not right sure. now, entirely, but yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. You can't, you can't do every show live on Instagram because eventually it's going to saturate it mm-hmm. and it's not going to work because you're not there experiencing the, in the flesh moments. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember listening on these, the speaker that their phone has, which isn't. Too yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I remember when shows started, I would get email notifications of, you know, just Matt Nathanson's live from here. Okay. Buying the tickets, uh, Butch Walker, buying the tickets, uh, you know, anyone it's I'm buying the tickets, just buy, 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 buy. Uh, cactus blossoms. Uh, just everyone just started coming out of the woodwork when we relaxed the live show stuff. And I couldn't buy enough tickets to shows because all I wanted was that, to your point, was that interaction, that being in the moment and it's ingrained in my brain. And uh, it's so much better than you know, sitting at home because I could tell you, yeah, I, 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 I was at home and I saw this band play a show on Instagram Live, but I don't know who it was or where they were or what they played because the next night I did the same thing and the next night after that I did the same thing. That's how, that's how the uh, time that we won't talk about became. Um, so I, that, I guess what I'm trying to say is I agree with you. Um, I'm going to take the long way around. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Long, I like, I always call it long story long. Long story long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Well, uh, Luke, I have taken uh, way more of your time than I said I would. And, uh, and I was late in the, first, in the first place. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, learning more about you and, and how you have uh, kind of come up into music and evolved. Um You've got, uh, as you mentioned, you've got a couple shows coming up December 1st at the 318 Cafe in Excelsior, Minnesota, uh, which I recommend everyone heads and goes gets tickets for now uh, because it's a great venue. Uh, it's a great lineup. It's a great town. And December 1st is, it sounds like a great night just because it's December and that's my birthday month. So 
Oh, absolutely. Happy I, birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I recommend, I recommend everyone grab a ticket. Uh, congratulations on the latest release. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out uh, tonight. Chad. Absolutely. And thanks. Thanks for having me. And thanks for um, putting on a music podcast. Um, <laughs> it's it's an important thing for for that to be a place for musicians and music fans to go. So thank you, too. Thank you. Yeah. Someone asked me, someone asked me tonight why I do this. And I was like, I do it because I love music and I want to learn why people do what they do. Uh, it's not even about like, you know, other people listening. It's, it's selfishly for me. Yeah. It's, it's because yeah, that works too. You got yeah. before anyone else can love it. So exactly. Yeah. And I love to just consume it. So that's, that's all part of it. But, uh, but, but uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, everyone else, for listening. Luke, where can we find you? Website, Instagram, all that stuff? What is that? Yeah, uh, Instagram is Luke LeBlanc Music. Um, that's where I post, like, most of my stuff, as well as stories and posts of my two cats as well, um, as well as music stuff. Uh, and then I have a website, Luke LeBlanc music, where you can find all my shows. Uh, you can buy CDs there if you want, um, read more, watch videos, whatever. So that's LukeLeBlanc.com. And then I'm on Facebook too. If you look up Luke LeBlanc, you know, music. there you go. So those are going to find it. I love it. Luke, Luke LeBlanc. That's L E B L A N C. Yep. Uh, for all of you out there. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, Luke, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, everyone else, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I, I could not do this without your support. And uh, as always, head over to uh, head over to Instagram to learn more about music from the couch. And if you have not signed up for the Patreon yet, head over to there, patreon.com slash Todd Hurst. And you can find this entire episode unedited with video, as well as all the episodes before this uh, for the low, low price of a cup of coffee. Uh, Luke. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. I hope to see you on the first. I hope everyone comes sees you on the first and every show after that. Uh, but uh, thank you for being a part of this. And, uh, and let's do it again. Sounds good, Todd. Thank you so much. Cool. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Cheers. And uh, we're out. Mean. That's when I'll come.